I wonder if I have just won somebody that knows that God has done some great things in your life. Has God done any, any great things in your life? All right, if you know he's done some great things in your life, go ahead and make some noise. Because, Lord, truth be told, I wouldn't be here today without God's grace and mercy. The psalmist said, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, Lord knows where I would be. But it was his what? Grace and mercy that have kept me and brought me here to this point. And for that, I have to give God the glory. Amen. Praise God. Y'all go ahead and give God some praise in this place. I got a question. I ask y'all this every Sunday. Is there anybody excited for the word of God? Okay, I guess y'all, y'all guess y'all, y'all come to worship, but y'all also come to get this word. Amen. There's a word from God coming from Luke, the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 3. Amen. Luke chapter 3. Starting at verse 7. As you turn in there, if you're willing and you're able, do if you don't mind, you're just not too rude, too mean. Lift up on your feet. Just out of honor and respect for God's word. Luke chapter 3. Verse 7, and we're going to read down to verse 14. Luke chapter 3, verse 7. Um, you'll find these words. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers. So I want you to pay attention today. He says, O generation of who? Vipers. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Verse 8, bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree therefore which brings forth not forth, that bringeth not forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire. And the people asked him, saying, what shall we do then? Eleven, he answered and said unto them, he that has two coats, let him, let him impart to him that has none. And he that has meat, let him do likewise. Verse 12, then came also the publicans to be baptized, the sinners, and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, exact no man more than which is appointed you. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content. Somebody say be content. With your wages. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Most gracious God, Father, we thank you for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to declare your word unto your people. Father, I thank you now that you have purposed your word to go forth in this place. And Father, my prayer is that you will allow it to accomplish everything that you have purposed it to do. Father, my prayer is that you captivate our hearts and our minds. That Father, we will never leave this moment the same way that we came. But Father, whoever came bound, I pray now that your word sets them free in the name of Jesus. Whoever came hurt, Father, 
Father, my prayer is that your word brings healing to them. Father, whoever came confused in their minds, hallelujah. Father, my prayer is that you give them a right mind and a sound mind by you, the power of your Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Just for a few moments, I'm going to preach and teach from the thought, don't be a snake. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, whatever you do, don't be a snake. Uh, look to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, whatever you do, please don't. Please put, the, put the emphasis on please say, please don't be a snake. Amen. As we search and study scripture from Genesis to Revelation, we see how people and groups of people are often associated with specific animals that represent their character. In Psalms 100 verse 3, it paints the picture that God's children are what sheep being taken care of and led by God in his pasture. Revelation chapter 5 verse 5 calls Jesus the Lion of Judah, of the tribe of Judah, because he is the king of the universe that overcomes and reigns over all creation. Y'all following me? In John chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist, he recognizes Jesus as the Lamb of God that what? Takes away. Y'all know it. Okay, that takes away the sins of the world. And in our text, the John the Baptist, he calls the Pharisees who have come to hear him preach the generation of vipers. He calls them a family of snakes. He calls them the sons of snakes. Um, this name carries the picture that these so-called Christians, my Lord, were actually cowards in their faith. These so-called Christians were that supposed to had it all together and they, they was cool and they was all that. They were actually cowards in their faith. In our culture, we would we would have called them a little differently. We wouldn't say sons of vipers. We wouldn't call them sons of snakes, but we would call them sons of a. That's what we would have called them. Because their hypocrisy contaminated their pureness and their sincerity to God. They had the perfect persona and preaching of being a Christian. They had the language, but they lacked the lifestyle. They knew how to present themselves well and make themselves look good in front of people, yet they failed to walk in obedience and the integrity of God behind closed doors. Let me say it again. They had the language. They had the language. They had the language. They had the look. They had it all together, but they lacked the lifestyle. And let me tell somebody in the building today, you can have the language, you can have the look, you can have the money, you can have the leisure. But if you do not have the lifestyle, you will not have his glory. These people, they were snakes because they were sneaky hypocrites trying to fool others and themselves that they were saved and doing well in life. And can I be honest with us this morning? We have to be careful in this season. Because snakes are all around us. I, I promise you. You can sneak up a snake in your yard, in your backyard, and hit it and forgotten places. And you know, as the weather and the, the temperature, it changes. As the weather drops in temperature, we'll find snakes trying to sneak into our warm living spaces. But truth be told, if we aren't careful, we can find snakes in the pulpit and in the pews of our churches. 
Sometimes snakes are not in our yards, but sometimes they're in our homes disguised as family members and friends. Ah, let me be, I can be honest. Sometimes snakes, they're not, they're not at the zoo, good God from Zion, but they're looking us right back in the mirror sometimes. And the reason why is because we can always find people who know how to look as if they are the best Christian in the world, but failing in their daily walk with God. Somebody shout snakes. We can find people who know how to make you look like they have it all together. But in all actuality, they're falling apart behind closed doors. Somebody shout snakes. We can find people who know how to make themselves appear to be nice, a nice, sweet, kind person in public, but they know how to raise all kind of hell in private. Somebody shout snakes. Y'all know a snake. We can find people who proclaim that they love God. But they can't love their neighbor. Somebody shout snakes. We can find people who can make their lips say anything, but their actions and their life say another. Somebody shout snakes. And just like John the Baptist did in our text, God is getting ready to expose all the snakes in this season. He's getting ready to show us who people really are. Um, this is going to come home in a second or later. He's getting ready to call the fake and the phony to be fake and phony. Even if it's us, in the, if, even if we're the ones being fake and phony, God is about to call it out. He's getting ready to clean our lives of snake tendencies. The Lord wants to clean our lives so that we won't have to be snakes. That you don't have to be a snake. We won't, we won't because here's the thing I've learned in life. We won't be able to sneak and slide our way into heaven. We won't, be, we won't be able to be like a snake and sleek, sleek, sneak and slide our way into heaven. No, either we're going to be a snake or we're going to be a sheep. I'm going to say that again. Either we're going to be a snake or we're going to be a sheep. Snakes, we're going to be snakes by going back and forth with God. Going back and forth with God. God, I'm going to do this. God, I'm going to do that. God, I'm going to live this way. God, but God, let me, let me go do what I want to do. Or we can be sheep fully committed to God, God's will for our lives. Am I, y'all, am I, y'all follow me? Snakes are the masters of deception. Snakes know how to look and present themselves in a certain way just to get what they want. Snakes have this beautiful scale on their skins that can lure us into, this, into the deception that they are innocent. The beautiful scales, it lure you into the deception that they're innocent creatures, but yet they're some of the most vicious and venomous predators that roam the earth. And if we aren't careful, snakes will fool us too. If we are the snakes, good God from Zion, not only if the snakes will fool us, if we are the snakes, we will fool ourselves too. If we are the snakes, we can fool everyone else. People will will fool us and have us deceived, even though that our own snake flesh, the snake flesh of ours, will have us deceived, thinking that we're getting away, thinking that we're getting off, thinking that we have the lead on sin, but only heading to spiritual self-destruction. We'll fool ourselves by thinking that some of our own ungodly habits will not catch up with us. We can fool ourselves. We can fool ourselves. I promise you, we can fool ourselves and everyone else. But the one person that we will not be able to fool is God Almighty. Because unlike people, God looks beyond the skins and he sees our sins. 
I'm going to say that again. God looks beyond what's on the outside and what everybody else is fascinated with. And he sees your what skin. He sees who you try to hide from other people. God looks beyond how good we come across on the outside and sees how filthy our character and our conduct is on the inside. Isaiah 64 and 6, he says, your righteous acts are only like what filthy rags before God. In other words, the Lord can care less about how we look to other people if our lives are not in alignment with his word and expectation for our lives. Let me say that again. God can care less about how we look, how good we look. If you can put your makeup on, put your wig on right, you can wear the right suit, you can match. God can care less about how you look if your lifestyle is not in line with him. God says, I don't want you to be a snake. I don't want you to be beautiful on the outside and just mean and ugly on the inside. God says, I don't, I don't want you to be a snake. I don't want you to have to have the beautiful scales and live it in deception that you think you're getting away with your sin. But God says, no, I want to embrace you. I want to free you from this place of being a snake. Am I, y'all following me? In our text this morning, I found a great, a great irony that I want to share with you this morning. The Pharisees, watch this. We're talking about snakes. Somebody shout snakes. Oh, y'all, somebody shout snakes. Okay, amen, praise God. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, watch this, they come to meet and experience the ministry of John the Baptist out in the wilderness, right? We know John the Baptist to be the forerunner of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? He is the one, he is the voice crying out in the wilderness, what prepare ye the way of the Lord. His ministry, watch this, John the Baptist's ministry was focused on baptizing people in the Jordan River as a sign of repentance. Well, let me say this again. Pay attention. Pay attention. His ministry was focused on baptizing people in the Jordan River as a sign of what? Repentance. John goes on to make the comment that I indeed baptize you with what? Water. But one mightier than I comes, that latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He says, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. He shall baptize you with what? Fire. He was pointing to the fact that his ministry was only the beginning of God's plans for salvation. But Jesus' ministry was going to be the climax of what God wanted to do. And I believe that it is necessary for us to know, watch this, that John's ministry is associated with water for baptism. Follow me. John's ministry was associated with water for for baptism. And Jesus' ministry is associated with the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say that again. John's ministry was associated with what? Water. Somebody shout water. And Jesus' ministry was associated with what? Fire. Somebody shout fire. fire. And now this all makes sense. While the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they could tolerate John the Baptist's ministry, but they would later go and crucify Jesus. John the Baptist, John the Baptist, he calls them what? Snakes. And one, one thing I've learned about snakes is snakes can stand and they are attracted to water, but they can't stand fire. Snakes rush into bodies of water to hide themselves from predators that may be out to get them. And the principle, 
Speaks to why John the Baptist asked him, why, who has warned you to flee? Who told you to run out here from the wrath that has come? Who told you to run out here to the water from the fire that is yet to come? Because somewhere down the line, they heard that fire was coming out the well. And they knew that they could not stand the fire. So they fled to the river that John was baptizing in to make it look like they were right with God until the coast was clear. Watch this. Snakes only stay in water until they feel as if the coast is clear. I'm going to say that again. Snakes only stay in water until they feel as if the coast is clear for them to return back to their natural schemes. Sometimes the snake in us wants to flee to the river of doing what's right by God only to escape the fear that God will punish us. We do good and we do the good Christian things to compensate for our bad feelings on the inside of us. We do the good Christian things to compensate for the uh, bad conscience that, that, has, that has been created from our sins. And then we stay there until we feel as if we've been spared from God's wrath. Oh, I'm going to do right until I know God ain't mad at me no more. I'm going to do right. I'm going to stay in this water until I know God ain't angry at me anymore. I know I'm going to do right till I feel like I'm good enough for God again. I'm going to do right um, as long until these, ba- these bad feelings leave my conscience, these bad feelings leave my mind. And then after that, we return right back to our sins. Y'all following me? We start this cycle of doing what's right by God until we feel as if the coast is clear and no longer feel convicted about what we did wrong. And we stay there until we feel, okay, God, you ain't mad at me. I got over that. So I can go back. I can go back and do what I want to do. But I just need to tell somebody that the coast is never clear to return back to your sinful ways. I got to tell somebody. I, gotta, I have to warn you today that the coast is never clear to return back to your sinful ways. Yes, I know God gives us grace. I know God gives us grace. To, uh, to, to help us to survive his wrath up until this point. But one thing that I have learned is that grace will run out. He says his mercies are he, it is, it's, it's forever. His mercies are forever, but his grace will sooner or later run out. And if we are not careful, we will not make it to the river to hide fast enough from the fire that is yet coming. That the fire of the Holy Ghost will catch us red-handed and judge us according to our sins. It's an old song that said, what you going to do when the world is on fire? Where you going to run to? I said, what you going to do? Y'all know this song. So my question is, when the fire of the Holy Ghost come, when that judgment day come, what you going to do when the world is on fire? You won't be able to run back to your waters, huh? You won't be able to hide back in church. Good God from Zion. But what you're going to do, God is going to catch you right handed. So the best thing we can do is let go of the sin in our lives that is creating that fear towards God. I don't know what, the, what, the, what sin is keeping you from search, leaving and seeking God. Because sometimes, I talked about it a few weeks ago, but I need to say it again. Because sometimes we say this, I'm going to get back to church when I get my life right. I'm going to get back to church. I'm going to get back right with God until I, I, I figure this out. I got to figure this out first, and then I'm coming back. 
But let me tell you this, if you always wait, if you wait till you get out of sin, if you wait till you figure this out, you will never find yourself back with God. I told you last week, you can try this and you can try that, but until you try God, none of it will come together. So you got to learn to let go of whatever sin that be, may be making you feel ashamed. Whatever that sin that is making you feel ashamed or as if you have to hide from God. I don't know what it, what it is. God says, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. God says, I will deliver you today. This is a word for somebody. God says, I will deliver you today if you will let go of it. God says, I will deliver you from it today. That you won't have to struggle with it anymore. You won't have to fight with it anymore. God says, you won't have to wrestle with it anymore. Hallelujah. God says, I will deliver you from it today if you will let go of it. I don't know what you need to let go of, but that's a word for somebody. Because one thing that I have learned is that we can run, but we show can't hide. You can run to this and you can run to that, but God still see it. He's the all, he has eyes in all places. My mom used to say, I got eyes on the back of my head, so I know when you're doing something wrong. And God says, I got eyes in every place, in every corner, in every, when you think you're alone, God says, I'm still watching. And since we cannot hide, we might as well come to God just as we are. Since you know you can't outrun that sin and you can't outrun what God is doing, you might as well come to him just as you are and allow him to transform who you are for the better. Hallelujah. God says, I want to make you better, but you got to come to me just as you are. You got to learn to get rid of those snake tendencies because we all got them. Am I helping you all this morning? All right. All right. I'm moving on. Let me give you three points. And I promise, I promise you these three points will bless you if you will listen. To get rid of snake tendencies and to embrace what God is doing in our lives, we have to first embrace repentance. Somebody shout repentance. Oh, y'all said it that time. Somebody shout repentance. John's ministry had one main message. It was be baptized as a sign of repentance and remission of our sins. It was this message that brought revival. The people, they flocked out in multitudes and their lives were changed forever. Why? Because of repentance. I have been preaching this for the entire year so far. True revival is not just good preaching. It's not just having a good time in service, but it happens in repentance. True revival, it doesn't look like packed houses. It looks like what? Changed lives. And if we really want God to do something major and amazing in our life, it's not going to happen by just doing anything, but we're going to have to change. We, 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 because here's the thing. I'm going to step on some toes. We can come into a setting. We can sing. We can shout. We can praise God and still go straight to hell. You can come. You can sit on us and preaching. And still go straight to, straight to hell. You can come in. Look, you can come join the church. You come to church every Sunday and still go what? Straight to hell. Why? Because we never changed. We go to hell because we never fully surrender our lives to Christ. We were in church, but the whole time the church was never in us. We was, we was listening to the word, 
But the word was never hid in our hearts. And I really believe that God wants to send revival, but he also wants to change us too. This message is important for snakes because a few times a year, snakes like to do this thing called shed their skin. And in this process, snakes, they experience a change on the outside, but the inside is never affected. And if we're not careful, we will adopt this same behavior. We will go through this process of changing things that people can see and not allowing God to work on the inside of us. We'll start dressing differently. We'll start posting on social media differently. We'll start doing good things for others that we typically wouldn't do. We'll start doing all of the right things, but we don't have them from the right place in heart. We'd start doing all of the right things, but we're not doing them from the right place in heart. So God says, I really need you to repent today. Repentance is giving the pastor your hand, but giving God your heart. Repentance is giving the pastor your hand, but giving God your heart. Just because we do good things does not mean that God has our hearts. Let me say it again. Just because you do good things and you know, I, 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 I did that, Callan. That's good. But just because you do good things, it does not mean that God has your heart. We can do things out of routine and not repentance. Repentance holds the idea of making a U-turn from heading in the wrong direction. Because by nature, we are inclined and headed away from God. There's the Bible says, Proverbs 14 and 12, there's, there's a way that seems right unto man, but its end is what? Destruction. There's a way that, you, that by nature, you, there's a way that seems right to you. But that end is only what? Destruction. We are inclined and headed away from God. Yet through the plan of the Father... And the pouring of God's, of the, the Son's blood and the power of the Holy Ghost, God can turn our lives around and put us on the right direction. Many times we wonder why things aren't going our way. Have you ever felt that way? God, like, Lord, why is it not going my way? God, why is, why is it not happening for me? And I would to say to you, check your heart. When things are not going your way, check your heart. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 4 and 23, he says, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Your heart determines what you experience. So when things aren't going our way, we, I would first check to see if there are any sins that we need to turn away from doing in our lives. When things are not going your way, first check to see if there's some sin in your heart that you need to give up. Because I've learned that when we go God's way, things will begin to go our way. When you begin to do things God's way, God will begin to do things for you. And if things are going our way, then we must ask ourselves, am I going in God's way? So the first way to get out of a snake tendency is you got to learn how to repent. Not only do you need to embrace repentance, but you also need to re embrace relationship. Somebody shout relationship. Oh, y'all got it. Y'all getting louder. The generation of Pharisees and Sadducees, watch this, they would not claim the responsibility for their own actions. They would not claim the responsibilities for their future in God, but yet they relied more on their family line than their faith for their standing with God. Watch this. For them, religion was inherited. 
For them, religion was passed down that you were entitled to this. But here's the thing that I have learned. A personal relationship with God cannot be handed down from parents to children. Everyone has to commit to God on his or her own way. In other words, we cannot rely on someone else's faith for our salvation. But we have to make that decision ourselves. Yes, I know your mama, I know daddy, I know grandma, I know granddaddy, I know papa prayed for you. But you are going to have to, good God from Zion, make that decision yourself. I know your family. Look, I know I'm sitting here because of a praying mama, but we are not going to make it into heaven on the prayers of my mama. We're not going to make it in on the prayers of our daddy and our granddaddy and our grandma. No, we're going to make it in based on our practices. Their prayers will not be able to answer for us on judgment day. Then when I stand before God, I won't be able to say, God, you know I'm a Johnson. God, you know, you know, you know, you know, we, we try to do right. You know, we, we got a whole bunch of priests in our family. We won't be able to pull the family card on Judgment Day. We won't be entitled for God let, trying to let us in. No, it will come down to the matter of if we have gotten to know God for ourselves in the time that he has given us on earth. Because the Bible tells us that Judgment Day will be a sad day. I wish it, it's for some it's going to be a, a, a happy day, but for some it's going to be a sad day. It will be a sad day if that's the first day that you talk to God honestly from your heart. It will be a sad day if that's the first time we told God, I'm sorry. It's going to be a sad day if we wait until that day to try to give our lives to God. God, look, you can have me now and say we live for him. It will be a sad day because we have waited to have, we have waited too late. Time will have ran out. And as the old preacher from uh, my home church, um, Reverend Lynch, he says, I wouldn't let it be said that I waited too late. But if I didn't know God for myself, I would get in a hurry to know him today. And I just got one question. And we sang it this past Wednesday night at Bible class. Do you know him? I just got one question. Do you know him? Who? Do you know Jesus Christ, God's son? Do you know the healer? Do you know God Almighty? Do you know him for yourself? And the songwriter went on. He says, act like you know him. He says, talk like you know him. Walk like you know him. We ought to live like we know who Jesus is. If we really know God, then the love and the power of God that's on the inside of us will begin to show up on the outside of us. So this morning, I want us to be real with ourselves that we are not entitled for God to, God to, for God to bless us. Like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, many times we feel like we can work and earn ourselves to be blessed by God. We can work and earn our way into heaven. But outside of, but outside of putting our faith in God and developing a personal relationship with him, Nothing on earth would secure a place for us in glory. If, if you do not welcome Jesus Christ into your life, nothing will secure a place in glory. So not only do you need to repent and turn from your sins, but you also need to let the Savior into your heart and your life. Am I making sense today? I'm preaching the gospel today. And the last thing, after you do all of that, you also need results. Somebody shout results. 
Because here's the thing. I don't need you to be a snake. I don't need you to just look good, but I need you to live good. So I need you to repent. I need you to have um, a relationship with God, but I also need you to have some kind of results in your life. John the Baptist, he tells the people that God has an expectation that his people bring forth fruit. Somebody shout fruit. In spiritual terms, bringing forth fruit means to show an outward evidence of a true inward change. It is showing an outward evidence of a true inward change. That we change in our, we have grown and we have, we have changed in our character. We change in our compassion and we have changed in our conduct. That God wants to see this fruit in our lives because it is in this way that God uses us. Where there is no fruit, when we are not in the place where God can use us, the tree, the Bible says, the tree is what cut down and thrown into the fire. This brought a major response to the people gathered to hear John the Baptist preach. Because when people, when the people asked John the Baptist what to do, he simply asked, instructed them to correct their current ways. Many times we feel that we have to do this grand and this spectacular act of faith to give evidence that we're committed to God. We got to do it. I got to post this picture, Calvin. I got to post this Bible scripture today to show, that, show other people that I'm committed to God. Whole time, the only thing that God expects from us is that we have integrity in the small things. The true sign of your commitment is God says, I want to see integrity in the small things. Integrity, you know what it is. It's doing the right thing when nobody's what? Watching. Doing the right thing even though when nobody's keeping count. And if we want to bring glory to God, we have to just always do what's right by him for the people around us. Because the good news is just because something, watch this. Just because something has been corrupted does not mean that God cannot clean it. Somebody said, Colin, you don't know my story. You don't know how much wrong I got. You don't know my, my street credit. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know my reputation. But let me tell you this. It doesn't matter how corrupted or how dirty you feel like you are. God can still clean you up. That's the kind of God I say. And if God can do it for me, Lord have mercy. I know he can do it for you. That no matter how off you feel like you get with God, God can always put you back on the right track. Callie, you, Callie, you, don't, know how, you don't know how many Sundays I miss. It doesn't even matter to God. God says, I can still put you on track. Callie, you don't know what I did last night. You, know, you don't know where I went to. Who I hang. God says, I don't even care. God says, I can put you on the right track today. Nothing is ever too far gone for God to redeem us. Nothing in your life. You can never do anything in your life that's too far from God to clean you up and put you back on the right track. That's freedom to somebody. That's healing for somebody. That's somebody's word of deliverance. Because God came, the, the publicans, these were the, the main sinners. The, the publicans, the soldiers, and the people, they were doing people wrong in every special kind of way. But just like us, God was still willing to use them if they were committed to producing good deeds and godly results for the kingdom of God. And I need to tell somebody today, God has not given up on you yet. 
I know you feel as if you've given up. You feel like you're too far gone, but God says, I have not given up on you. God says, I still can use you to be that man of God that I created you to be. God says, I still can use you to be that woman of God of character that I put on the inside of you. But God says, I just need you to come to me. And if you come to me, God says, I will use you. Have I helped y'all today? I'm getting ready to go. In closing, I must leave you all with a confession. I got to tell y'all the truth. I got to tell y'all the truth. I must tell you that a while ago, I was a snake. Truth be told, I was a snake. I'm a, thank the Lord, I'm a pastor now. But truth be told, I was a snake. I was a snake that lived the way I wanted to live. I was a snake that would give up the right for the wrong. I was a snake that knew how to shout on Sunday and be a professional sinner on Monday. I can't be honest. I was a snake. I was a snake sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, barely deeply staying within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despair and cry, and from the waters, he lifted me. He picked me up, he cleaned me off, he turned me around and placed my feet on solid ground. I can testify that I'm not the person I used to be. That may be somebody's testimony today. That you are not the person that you used to be. I might not be where I want to be. Lord knows. But thank God, I'm not where I used to be. But I've come a long way. And I'm coming to testify to somebody today that God can do it for you. If he did it for me, he surely he can do it for you. They tell me this ain't no secret what God can do if he's done it for others. Y'all, y'all must, we must be listening to the same songs. I need to tell somebody that God will set you free today. That God will, he will save you. He will clean you up. He will turn your life around. All you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life. What does it look like, Alan? Just saying, Jesus, you are my life coach. You're going to call the shots. I submit. I surrender to what you're doing. I submit and I surrender to what you're saying. I'm, this, this life that I live is not mine anymore, God, but I give it to you. If you would tell God that today, God says, guess what? I will save you. If you will believe, if you will confess your sins before God, God, I did this, but God, I won't do it anymore. If you will believe in your heart that God sent his son, he sent his son down through 42 generations. He died on a cross to replace our sins, that we should have been there, that we should have been hanging on the cross. That he was beat, he was whipped, he was bruised. They put a spike in his side. God forsaking him, and he did it all just for you. That he died for you. If you will believe that Jesus Christ came, he died for your sins. He went into a borrowed tomb, and he got up on the third day. I promise you, God will take that snake skin off of your life today. That God will set you free today. That if you can believe it, God will save you right now. 
I want to say this because as God was speaking to me, I was like, Lord, in my preparation time, I was like, Lord, this is a good word, but make it make sense. I want to say that in this season, God is exposing the snakes. I want to say this. In this season, God is exposing the snakes. And this past week is happening right before our eyes. There was a recent tragedy that troubled the hearts of many people. It has gotten an entire city in an uproar. The tragic transition of Tyree Nichols has led to the exposure of five snakes disguised in the skins of black and blue suits. The ones who were supposed to be protecting the young man were violating him. The ones who were supposed to secure his safety were the main ones putting him in danger and harm's way. That these were the snakes. That these were the hypocrites. And just as these snakes have murdered this young man, watch this, and brought a movement of justice. It's brought people together for a cause. It brought people together hungry and waiting for a change. I need to declare that there's something brewing in the spirit. That this is a modern day of what a picture of what the snakes, the Pharisees did to our Jesus. That he was innocent, but yet they killed him. And all the things we would do for a man that died in the hands of the snakes. And God wants to know if you would get loud for him today. Just as we got loud and we, we, we pushed the cause, God says, will you raise the cause for, for the one who died for your sins today? The one who bought your salvation, will you start a movement for the one who died for you? Will you be vocal? Will you be consistent until the world is changed for the one who died for your sins? I got a question, and this is my last question. What if we applied the same pressure and the same action to seeing people saved, set free, and delivered as we did the cause.